Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. In this season, I'm identifying the dumbest thing on every single goddamn page in a trio of adventure modules for TSR's Marvel Super Heroes RPG, starting with Adventure MT1, All This and World War II. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. All This and World War II was written by Ray Winninger and published in 1989 by TSR. Today we're discussing page 4 of All This and World War II. We're in the player characters section where we get stats for all kinds of West Coast Avengers members who are potential player characters for this module, and we begin self-indulgently with an object lesson. Remember the fish and chips? I got them. They're coming. For you, if you're listening daily, it's been days since I started thinking about those fish and chips, Uh, but for me, it has been a goddamn eternity. Now they're finally on the way, and it, it feels important to me. And this will be the second episode of MDC to which it is important, but as important as those fish and chips are to me, as important as I have made them to your listening experience, it remains the case that those delicious fish and chips in transit now are relevant to nothing and no one cares. This is a a role-playing podcast. In theory, the fish and chips have no bearing on that. And there's not really any need for me to bring up my fish and chips status every time there's news to report. No, I've chosen to do that, but only as a cautionary example. Because in the hero and villain write-ups in this book, there's a lot of clutter of ephemeral detail about every little goddamn thing that ever happened to these characters, with a special focus on things that are happening as this book is released right now in 1989, and have never been mentioned before and will never be mentioned again. This is pretty close to my comic book sweet spot, like things that were in cheap back issue bins when I was of comic book reading age. But nonetheless, a lot of this shit is lost on me. This is like writing an author bio on a dust jacket and mentioning like who the author is rooting for in the current season of Drag Race. It's like, I already don't care now, but I will extra not care even like one year from now and then on into eternity. Let me give you examples from this page. It's a good page for it because this is the continuation of the Visions entry, which started yesterday with the superhero fundamentals of the Vision, right? You got a picture of him. Outlandish but interesting design. His name, the Vision, ooh, mysterious. His stats, strong, tough, can change his body's density. So we got your bread and butter there, but then we got a little bit of Marmite there on the side too. A little bit of an oddball superpower. This is classic core Vision, stuff we need to know. You'd find it in any RPG write-up of the Vision. But this isn't just any Vision. This is the Vision on what feels like a particular spring day in 1989. Because here's what we go on to find out about the vision. Okay, he can control his density. Okay, he can do all kinds of cool tricks in it, like materializing his arm in people or flying. He can also shoot out beams of energy from the jewel in his head. And he has solar regeneration. Quote, the vision has this power at the amazing rank. By the way, you're going to get a lot of these like keyword adjectives like the stun gun does excellent damage or pass an amazing intensity reason feat or whatever. These are all used in the face rip system redundantly with the numbers. So you could say that a gun does 30 damage, but you wouldn't say that in the face rip system because 30 equals remarkable. So why say 30 when you could say remarkable and rely upon the reader to remember that remarkable equals 30, not 40. 40 equals incredible. You can see how much this helps with clarity, especially in an audio medium where you can't see the capitalization. Anyway, solar regeneration. The vision has this power at the amazing rank. Indoors, the vision will still heal at an accelerated rate if solar or laser energy is directed at the jewel in his forehead. This seems more like a thing that only happened a couple of times, but it is relevant. You know, superheroes may spend a lot of time indoors on some adventures. It's very useful to be able to regenerate. So if Vision has come up with a little robot life hack to do solar regeneration without going out in the sun, we do need to know about it. This is the curse 
of comic book character biographies. Every time a comic book writer with a deadline comes up with some bullshit that a character has never done before to get out of a corner they painted themselves into, now everybody in the future tasked with writing a description of this character has to make a little note like, Doctor Strange's magical amulet, in addition to its other powers, is also enchanted to automatically float away and seek out his nearest blood relation within 100 miles in the event that he is rendered comatose on the third Tuesday of a month when he would normally call his great aunt. And then every time you read it in the future, it's like, good job, Stanley. You need to figure out how to get that amulet from point A to point B. You forgot that Doctor Strange was going to be too comatose at that point in the story to give his amulet fucking directions. So you came up with this bullshit, and now we're all cursed to repeat and memorize it down through the fucking generations. But again, it, we, we need to know. What if you're playing Doctor Strange, and somebody beats him with a bat and he falls into a coma? you got to know to ask the GM if it's the third Tuesday of the month. It's called System Mastery. So anyway, a minor annoyance, but what can you do? Quote, Contacts. The Vision is an Avenger of long standing and is married to the Scarlet Witch. His best friends are Glynis and Ilya Zarkov, the stage magician's glamour and illusion. I read that and I couldn't stop thinking about it. There's so much more here. It gets into the Vision's background. And I mean, to briefly summarize where we are with the Vision in 1989, the fifth iteration of the Ultron robot, Ultron 5, found the defunct android body of the original Human Torch from the Golden Age and forced the android's creator, Phineas T. Horton, to take away the flame powers, add in some new powers, which I guess is a thing you can just do with androids. Like here, Phineas, boot the android from USB today. I want him to be able to walk through walls. So they did that, and then Ultron erased the Human Torch's mind and replaced it with the personality of Wonder Man, who I think was dead at that time. And Vision was supposed to help Ultron against the Avengers, but then ultimately he turned against Ultron. He joined the Avengers, and he became leader of the Avengers just in time for, quote, a control crystal in the Vision's brain to go haywire, which caused him to want to take over the world, which he tried to do. But then the Avengers convinced him it was a bad idea, and ultimately he had to resign. It was just awkward, and he was like, well, I guess I better take a break from the team, pursue other opportunities. Having your world conquest scheme thwarted is like losing a presidential election. You don't want to stick around, and it makes everybody sad. It's weird. Go write a book, grow a beard. And anyway, it goes on to say that once he took out the malfunctioning crystal that made him want to take over the world, it had the side effect of allowing him to develop a warmer personality, and now he's together with Scarlet Witch, and he thinks of Wonder Man as a brother, and, quote, the strong emotional bond between the Vision and the Scarlet Witch enabled them to bear children through mystical means. And fortunately, the story ends there because this is 1989. If this were a couple years later, you'd probably just have to cut Moon Knight's entry just to fit in the unmitigated shenanigans that ensue from these babies. But anyway, yeah, there's, there's a ton. There's a lot about the Vision. And some of it, like the very specific details of what was done to the android body of the Human Torch, and this one plot where Vision takes over the world, like granted, that's a, a time in your life, right? Like it's in the scrapbook, but it's one story. It gets a lot of space here. But it's the important parts of the character as best you could tell at that time in 1989. Glynis and Ilya Zarkov, though, can get the fuck out of here. According to the Marvel database, Glynis Zarkov had appeared in six comic books at the time of this publication, not including her appearance in the official handbook of the Marvel Universe characters nobody gives a fuck about. And then she and her husband appear again for a couple of issues in the 2000s in a series called Witches, which I don't know anything about. But if I know comic books, they brought back these characters nobody cares about to kill them to show that somebody is serious business about killing magic users or something like that. And then the protagonist of the book walks in and sees them strangled with their own little colorful knotted scarf ropes. And is like, no, Glynis and Ilya. And the reader is like, these characters have not appeared in print since I was a literal baby. Stop crying. The dumbest thing on this page is the mention of the Zarkovs. They do not appear in this adventure. 
they appear in like 10 actual comic books ever. And two of them wouldn't come out until the 21st century. They were a thing for like a moment in time. Less than one year they were around. And you could have known at the time. Number one, these characters are probably not going to last. They have no history and they probably have no future. And number two, what is the reader supposed to do with this information? Is Vision going to fly back to his suburban home to go talk to his neighbors, the stage magicians, and kind of spitball some ideas about how to deal with this time travel back to World War II scenario? No, the Zarkov's contribution to this story will be the same as the valuable contribution they've been making to Marvel Comics for nearly four decades now, which is to say, not appearing. Anyway, I had never heard of these two, and I thought it was really funny that their heroes like the Vision's two good buddies, his sole companions, this random-ass fucking married couple that he lived next to for eight months in 1989. Anyway, you can't accuse this book on this page of not being current. It is painfully current. Join me next time when the author gives up on that too on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top secret patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact the show however you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Podbean, Gmail, Instagram, etc., etc. This episode's theme music is Robinson's Grand Entry March, performed by the United States Air Force Concert Band. Thanks for listening.